Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it! This is Top Flight Time Machine, I am Andy Hot Body Dawson, pow pow pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? We record this just hours after England's magnificent victory over Croatia in Euro 2020. Um, a victory which has set the media alight and seems to suggest that it is finally coming home. <laughs> That's it. I haven't been keeping track of that. I went for a snooze straight after the game. Yeah, so I've missed out I on mean, the post-match I mean, euphoria. It was, it was good. It was a good performance. Calvin Phillips was incredible, I thought. He was brilliant. Was, yeah. But, um, yeah. Do you know what? Nil. I hadn't seen that everyone had gone crazy, but my analysis of that is that to anyone who knows anything about football or the history of England team in tournaments, the performance was quite evidently not shit. And that is the big yeah. surprise, right? Because even in tournaments yeah. where England have done okay, right, um, and there's a, only a few of those, we never, the first game is always like, almost like torture, dragging yourself through it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, it's... Uninspiring. Well, Switzerland. Yeah, I was at that game. Wasn't was. I was at that game. It was absolutely like wading through fucking treacle. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Like the sort of games now that you just see on TV and you're just looking at your phone or distracted by something else. You know, just like oh, do I have to watch it? And England have very often got off to those kind of efficient starts where you know we might grind out a Mm. win in the first game. But still, no one's really that inspired. And the difference with this performance was, it wasn't brilliant, but all the players, this is quite significant and unique, the players all looked like they wanted to be there and were up for it. And that's very yeah. rare and they knew what they with were England doing. in tournaments. And to be honest, I don't know why that is, that's always been the case, but the impression you get, there's always a big builder, everyone's excited. There is some people put forward the theory that, oh, there's so much pressure. But to be honest... That pressure exists in every football-loving country. It's a myth that we English are uniquely... You know, I know what it's like in fucking Italy. In fact, I was saying yesterday, I was watching the Italy game on Friday night, and I remember in Euro 2000, I watched all of the Italy games at a bar in central London, like a, a small Italian bar, quite a rough place, actually, not like a fancy one, with my cousin yeah. who happened to be working in London that summer. And it was fucking mad, right? They are, I would say, much madder than the English in terms of the mm. abuse they shout over every last fucking thing in a match, right? The pressure that they put, and I'm sure it's the same in Spain, in Germany, not sure about the French. They seem quite sort of, eh, bleh, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
Right. Uh, you know, so I don't know why it is, but our players often just freeze and look like they don't kind of want to be there. And no player wants to take even the slightest chance, do they? But today they all look like they think, were well up for it. Yeah. I think you mentioned those other countries, though, France, Italy, Spain, Germany. They've got pressure on them, but they've generally got a chance of winning the tournament usually, mm. which we don't usually have. And I, I don't think we have either. That performance today wouldn't have beaten one of no, the teams Croatia, that were going to be Croatia in the final were a pretty poor opposition, to be honest. Yeah, I, I'd I predicted really a win yeah. for Croatia, but... So did I. But yeah. I didn't know. That wasn't the Croatia I was expecting. No, I had no knowledge of the Croatia team. Oh, I was we, basically basing we, on the we, Croatia we, team from, when, what we, was that, three summers ago. Yeah, we were just pulling numbers out of the sky. Well, we? I was we really, yeah. Just, oh, well, yeah. England, Croatia are traditionally a good tournament side. You know, and England are not. And England have got a poor defence, so we'll probably lose. That's the extent of my analysis. But I was wrong. Croatia were pretty poor. Um, but the performance by England was, nevertheless, it was it was much better than I imagined it would be. Because if you look at the way Phillips... And I was surprised because um, Phillips, for some t- sort of ridiculous reason there's a sort of a amongst the the child football fans on twitter there's been an ongoing debate over the last year or so about between leeds and west ham children about who's better rice phillips or calvin phillips right Uh, sorry rice or phillips our footballer is better than the footballer who plays for your club (laughs) and now he'll prove it the player who's contracted to represent your club. <laughs> is your than, employee is, your employee is worse than our employee at their job. The employee of the limited company that you have inexplicably <laughs> chose to attach your emotional fortunes to. Right. But anyway, it goes on oh, and on. Well. But as a result, I'm sort of like, nah, Cam Phillips, he ain't that good. And I'm and actually West Ham beat Leeds twice this season and in both games mm. I thought yeah Phillips was not all that Rice is clearly a much better player but I thought they played together really well and the, the way in which he created yeah. the goal was indicative of and apologies as I say all this for having a serious opinion about football but it was indicative of what I mean about the players being up for it because England teams just tend to pass the ball sideways 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 get very frustrated and eventually cross it in Right, and mm. that's just boring to watch. But Phillips was fucking—he got the ball. He, he broke the lines. He, it was my my mate who I was watching it with said that's the sort of goal I would have expected Croatia to have scored against us because that's yeah. what happens against us is you get yeah. a runner from midfield who's a bit like fuck it. I'm just gonna I'm gonna leave my position and run with the ball forward, right? And that's yeah. that's what you have to have players prepared to do in these mm. tournaments and England players never seem to want to you know so one of those more sophisticated nations that usually end up beating us yeah yeah like yeah, I mean, pretty much result. all of them all of them really have someone who's up for doing that it's, it's just more sophisticated approach we've just always had players who just and the other thing is you look at the so-called golden generation but you know when we had a midfield of people like Carrick and Gerrard and Lampard all of whom were great players in their own way but none of them were players who were just going to like those sort of players who became more in vogue after Spain had that fantastic team that won three tournaments in a row where there are small, nippy midfield players who can turn very quickly 
and run at players yeah. and thread balls through at speed. Right, that became the thing. Mm. Whereas we just had these sort of big, strong midfielders who, who were good on the ball, but they didn't have that kind of speed of thought about them. Now it looks like we've yeah. got a Mason Mount, Phillips, Foden. All of them look really good, didn't they? I mean, it does, and it boards well. And the bench was really strong as well. I thought. Yeah. Um. I mean, I mean, Southgate resisted that temptation or, or the call from everybody to chuck Grealish in. Yeah. And to just put all all the all the sexy creative players in, but he he didn't do that, and I think it paid off. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the bench is strong. I mean, Rashford came on. Um. Who else came on? Um. Fucking Bellingham came on. Bellingham, youngest player ever in the Euros. Yeah. There's never been a 17 year old player in the Euros before. I couldn't believe that. That's, true, that's amazing. It puts me in mind of Norman yeah. Whiteside in 1982 for Ireland. Yeah, in the World Cup. Yeah, and and um, so the other thing about Jude Bellingham, who I've only seen very briefly, but looks very good. And let's be honest, you've got to be fucking amazing to get into the England team at 17. The last players I can remember doing that were Owen, and I think Rooney might have come through at that age as well. Yeah, um, but you know, for a central midfielder. But as they brought him on, I don't know if you noticed this, Andy, but um, I could see his nipples were erect under his shirt. Did you notice that? I didn't notice that. Have a little look back. I wasn't looking for that. I thought, well, good luck to the lad. He's excited. He's making his debut at 17. I mean, me at 17, if I, I mean, I would have, yeah, I probably would have ejaculated in my shorts. On You'd have my gone TV. on with a hard on. Yeah, I would have had minimum. I would have had a hard yeah. on anyway. Like, like, even if I hadn't been picked, but just just been selected, but called up off the bench by the England manager to <laughs> come on against Croatia, I'd yeah. have just been erect whatever I was you, doing at that age. You, yeah, you'd, you'd have spent sixty five minutes sitting on the bench with one of those rug, rugs yeah. over your knees. I'd have been um, thinking masking, of angles as to how I could disappear and have a discreet wank. In fact, to be honest, being like a um, you know a wank fanatic in your adolescence mm. and teens, it's uh, I'm not joking when I say this. It's really similar to being a cocaine addict in your thirties, which was you know something I was in that yeah. in that. You are always thinking. It's like it really is truly an addiction because you're always thinking, yeah. how could I sort of discreetly disappear, excuse myself now and squeeze yeah. one in? So when I was 17, when that would have been one? a wank. Yeah. And when I was about 38, 39, it would have been mm. a line of Charlie. And it's the same thing. And you, you go to any length, you think, you know, you, you'd have been in an England game it's an important thing and the, the mm. eyes of the world are on you but you'd still be thinking I reckon it's okay if I say I'm just going for a wee and I don't think anyone will notice and that's what I'd have been doing when I was sex 17 wee. for a wank huh <laughs> a sex wee yeah a sex wee well I'm, I mean I'm, I'm a bit disappointed it took us nine minutes to get from the actual football onto wanking um, mm. but there we go we did it eventually um, I don't think there's any much more to add about the football other than we've got some predictions to do for the, the upcoming week yeah. would you like the uh, the scores from the first weekend's predictions yeah I got three points you got three points and results spot has got fucking six points the cunt so oh, yeah, there you go pressure's one on already 1-0 England wasn't it that's what did it yeah. So uh, one, two, three. Yeah, six points. Uh, so uh, we've got some matches to predict over this coming week. Here we go. Let's not fuck about. Scotland versus Czech Republic, Monday afternoon. 
I think that that will be 2-1 to Czech Republic. Sorry to ask. 2-1 to Czech Republic. I think it will be 1-0 to Scotland. Oh. Um, that's a Hamden, isn't it? I think it'll be Yeah, occasion. maybe I'll regret I it. it. I mean, I'm Czech biased because, because of West Ham's Czech connections. Not that I want yeah. Czech, I want Scotland to win that game. But because I'm oh, yeah. basically West Ham's two best players were Czechs last season, mm. I rate I rate Czech Republic highly. That's why I predicted a win for them. But I hope Scotland win it. Well, there you go then. But you don't think they will. All right, Spain versus Sweden. <laughs> I'll go first on that one. I think that'll be 2-0 to Spain. Hmm. Sweden is so hard to play against. So I'm going to say one all. Okay. France versus Germany. Oh, fucking it's hell. exciting, isn't it? Um, what do you reckon? I'm going to go 2-2. Two, 2-2? Two. Two, two. I think it'll be 1-1. One, one. Um, Ukraine versus North Macedonia. <laughs> Everyone loves North Macedonia after their exploits today. Yeah. The plucky North Macedonians. Of yeah. course, the, uh, the fictional... Nation yeah. this tournament. Uh, I will go for that one. Ukraine's going to win that. I think it'll be two uh, nil. I'm going to say two nil as well. Okay, and that'll be bye bye North Macedonia. Netherlands versus Austria. Um, I'll say two one Netherlands. Two one Netherlands. Um, three one Netherlands. We're recording this before Netherlands have played Ukraine. On Sunday evening, so we've got no idea. We know nothing how good about the, team the Dutch team. We know nothing about them, but uh, that's the predictions there for the coming week. We should mention as well later this week, um, as it stands at the moment, it looks as though the tickets for our live tour in November will be going on sale this week. Whoa! They will be on pre-sale on Wednesday morning at ten a.m. to IFS subscribers. So if you're not IFS and you want to guarantee getting your tickets to see us in November, uh, get signed up and the IFS will get uh, an email and there'll be a post on the Patreon page with the links to all the venues and there's um, one of those pre-sale codes as well that you've got to put in and everybody else will get a shot at the tickets on Friday at 10am. Um, we're doing November, I'm going to try and do this off the top of my head, November the 1st in Brighton, November the 2nd, is I think Birmingham, the third is Leeds, the fourth is Liverpool, the fifth is Manchester, then we've got a day off, and then the seventh is Glasgow. Ah, no, the second is Nottingham, the second is Nottingham, not Birmingham, seventh is Glasgow, eighth is Newcastle, ninth is Birmingham, and then the tenth is London, and that's it. And we're sorry if we're not coming to any other towns or cities that you might live in, that's because um, we're quite old and we can't be bothered. Mm, or We get really tired. Or because we don't have that many listeners. Truth is that there's towns and cities where people have said, oh, please come come and play here. And we look at the stats and we haven't got very many listeners. In that town. And it would be embarrassing for everyone. Oh, yeah, what well, we and know, we, we can want. look at how many people are in what which we town. We can see where you all are. Yeah. yeah. We can fucking see so, um, you. We can look inside you listening. We know to where you fucking live. We're looking at you listening at this right now, right? We've had results bot fucking wired up to um, tell us where you all live. 
So there we are. That was, that was the day. It's Wednesday for uh, IFS members and Friday for everybody else. Jalapeño. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Jalapeño. When's the day off, mate? On the 6th, is it? It's the 6th. That's a Saturday. What are we going to do? Would it be a day off in Manchester? Well, it depends where our respective football teams are playing on that day, (gasps) doesn't it? Imagine if West Ham are playing in Manchester. yeah, it could be in a weird day, or I could, could be trekking across the stadium of light for a Sunderland home game I, in League I One. I don't think I'm going to go to, down to fucking London if I'm in Manchester and then have to go to Glasgow next day, unless we're maybe playing Spurs or something. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, so there you go. Right. Can't um, we go back to the football museum like we did last year, Andy? We well, enjoyed it so much. Plenty of time. There was a Roy the Rovers exhibition on there, wasn't there? So that was why we enjoyed it. Aren't they doing any other special things? Like, a, I don't know, something we'll else that we're interested in, like a Kevin Keegan exhibition. That'd be great, wouldn't it? Maybe the listeners could suggest tourist attractions for us to visit. Either anywhere between Manchester and Glasgow, if you've got a cracking day out. In fact, you'll remember, Andy, I think I suggested this an item for the show, but you maybe wisely suggested it was fuck boring. But it feels now a natural time for me to bring it up. What are your cracking days out? I recently went to <laughs> Allen Bay in the Isle of Wight, where they have famously all different coloured sands. And I had what can only be described as a cracking day out. Some of the highlights mm. of the day were, one, learning about that part of the Isle of Wight being the birthplace of radio. Two, Learning wow. about Queen Victoria's fascination with the coloured sands and how she, because she used to go and stay on the Isle of Wight all the time, she had a rig there, and asking the coloured sands to be bottled in ornamental styles. Three, making such a bottle of coloured sand myself with my children. Uh, four, going on a fucking chairlift down a mountain, down a cliff top. Brilliant. Yeah. So that's an example for me of a cracking, day, a cracking out. day out. There are cracking yeah. days out all around the country. Don't tell us yeah. about Alton Towers. Right, or or anything obvious. We've been to the football museum. So it's about some other cracking days out, because who knows? If there is a cracking day out between Manchester and Glasgow, then I don't know what about Andy, but I'll fucking go on it. I'll go on the cracking day out. <laughs> is there is there a visitor centre dedicated to the history of lace? Yes. Perhaps we could go there. That's exactly the sort of thing I'm talking about. When we were younger, my wife and I, before we had kids, so now, right, 
I'm banging to cracking days out. And yeah, Lace Museum, mm. anything like that, I'm up for it. I believe Nottingham is the home of Lace, but I'm not sure. If I'm wrong, oh, yeah, it get is, in isn't touch. It? Yeah. Right, but uh, so I will, now you've reminded me, I will, on our Nottingham show, I will definitely be making time for a once around the Lace Museum. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you say that, but I mean, what happens is it's generally, generally that we get up, have some breakfast, drive to wherever the next city is, have a nap. Oh, yeah. And then go to the venue. Oh, no, you never have enough time, and the nap never feels long never enough either, time. but whatever. Um, we'll try. Anyway, my mm. wife used to always like going on these sorts of things when we were on holiday, even when we were younger. And there used mm-hmm. to be a bone of contention because I was too young and immature to enjoy cracking an educational days out. I kind of wanted to go mm. on holiday and just laze about and then get pissed, right? So it was hard for her. It's astonishing that she stayed with me while she waited for me to grow up a bit, right? Um, but one time she, we were in France and she made us go to a sort of a museum that was a uh, sort of told the history. It was a paper mill and it told the history of paper and how they made paper and how they did it in this old fucking mill and when, what they did with yeah. the fucking paper. And on the same trip, she made it. This actually is the sort of thing I'd now like to go on. By the time I was sulking about it, who's the fucker who? Who's the? I forgot his name now. He used to fucking dive down really deep into caves in the ocean. French fella. Jacques Cousteau. Yeah, it was like a Jacques Cousteau sort of museum, right? right? And you right. and you saw videos of him going about his business deep and they say, "Oh, fucking look at this! I'm well deep, fucking deep as fuck." Right, deeper than any fuck has been before. You wouldn't believe what you find down here either. Me fucking head is banging, I'm telling you. <laughs> it's fucking worth it, though, because I'm probably going to get in Ripley's Believe It or Not. I'm hoping to discover a new fucking, some sort of prehistoric fish that's been down here for fucking centuries and not come you seen also, before. You would not believe the quality fanny that you get once you get on the depth scene. They love it. <laughs> And the deeper your fins, the better fatty you get. They they ask, how many fathoms have you got? I say, fucking 65, love. (laughs) And before you know it, I'm going deep as well. I'm going deep again. I'm fucking balls balls deep. Fathoms into that (laughs) fatty. The fucking groupies on the deep diving circuit are unbelievable. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm the top guy, you know. There's not many of them. There's not many of them, but they're very intense. You know what I mean? I walk in and all the... uh, Say we're at a conference for deep divers, right? And if I walk into the hotel bar, right, all the other deep divers, you can see and think, fuck, that's it. I might as well pack up and go on because he's going to fucking mind sweep all the quality fanny in here within moments. I might as well go back to my room and just have a wank because there's nothing happening. Good luck to them. Uh, right uh, but anyway at the Jack Cousteau thing it you know what it was what it was called was what they advertised it as because it wasn't an official Jack Cousteau museum it, it wasn't even anything to do where he lived it, it was just it was in a small village somewhere in Provence they were just fucking chancing their arm basically just trying to go for the tourist dollar they were, yeah, yeah and it worked you know well, yeah, fucking yeah. come along we've got a thing all about Jack Cousteau and you're like we're nowhere near the fucking sea here don't matter he was French, you're in France, and we've got a fucking... Same thing. We've got a papier-mâché effigy of the cunt that you can look at and have your photo <laughs> taken with. <laughs> right? It's basically that. But it advertised itself as une visite exceptionnelle. 
So now, yeah. So now that I am into cracking days out, and even for my birthday, um, my wife bought me membership to the National Trust because that's fucking for a man in his forties. Membership to the National Trust is just, I mean, gold dust. Yeah, you just don't need anything more in your life. Yeah, I've got mate. Yeah. I've got a sticker that I can put in the window of my car, which means I can park for free at any National yeah. Trust site. Yeah, I've, I've, I've had National Trust membership before when I was married. Fucking brilliant, mate. <laughs> Back then. I would love to, I mean, we've talked about this before, but I would love to do a tour that was a National Trust tour that was sponsored by a National Trust and we just performed in the summer months outside. Yeah. Because that's popular, isn't it, with posh people, like yeah. outdoor events. On those bandstands. Yeah. Outdoor theatre, out, outdoor Shakespeare, that yeah. sort of thing. And we'll outdoor call country. it Le Visit Exceptionnel Tour. <laughs> Well, get out the National Trust, you know. I'm sure other people have been fucking signed up to get sponsored for stupider things than that in the past. Mm. Less likely. Hello, is that the National deals? Trust? It's Sam Delaney here. As you may be aware, I make a podcast <laughs> with the noted podcaster and humorist Andy Dawson. It is basically a couple of cunts talking bullshit. We are willing to <laughs> Do come. Do you have a pen? We are willing to come <laughs> to a number of your best sites around the UK. <laughs> and perform our podcast live in a bandstand. <laughs> you will have to pay us for this. If if it is raining, we will not perform. <laughs> if it is windy, we will not perform. <laughs> we will require in our rider. If we do not like the look of the audience, we will not perform. One of them metal teapot sets you always do in the canteens at your places. One each. <laughs> With milk in a separate mug and one of them extra pots that just has boiling water in for you to top up with. We will require more than one tea burk in each pot because we've noticed you skimp on that sometimes and the tea is piss weak. We will also want two fruit scones each. Two portions of clotted cream in the little plastic tub. Not one. It is never enough, as you well know. And two of them little tubs of jam. Yeah. Raspberry or strawberry, we're not fussed. Um, I'm going to stop you there. Mm. We've got six minutes left before the next match starts. Right. And you haven't told me about the tree surgeon yet. Well, unfortunately... While Is that we, a six-minute job? While we were away in the Isle of Wight, the, uh, the, a, a branch blew off our tree into the neighbour's garden and only narrowly missed a small child's head. So the our, you know. our neighbour, who's very nice... The nice neighbour, not the nasty neighbour, came round and said, listen, you want to get that tree looked at because it's endangering everyone. Apparently the branch did hit her dog, but apparently the dog didn't mind. He was all right about it. Right. So... But, I mean, you you can't control that, can't you? You, you didn't know that was going to happen. I didn't know it was going to happen, but now I do know Then I was obliged to take action. Get it sorted. The tree yeah. is out of control. Plus, mate, to be honest, I do feel like a responsibility for the tree because it is reaching right into their garden. And it is fucking huge. It's out of control. And I'd never really looked... Does it have anything on it that they can pick? Does it have apples on it that they can can take for themselves? No. Please help yourself to our apples. It's an ash tree. (laughs) Not an ashtray, which we were talking about on last week's fucking podcast. Well, I'd never had a proper good look up at it, right? I was like, look at that. Fucking hell, it's massive. But I didn't need much persuading to get on the phone to a tree surgeon because I've always wanted to get in contact with a tree surgeon. And I was delighted at the opportunity to do so. 
He came around the next day. Um, I immediately made friends with him, which my wife had predicted. She'd said, fucking hell, how much chatting are you going to do to this tree surgeon when he comes around? And I didn't lie. I just yeah. went, loads. With any luck, loads. You should have booked a double appointment. I and said, when you booked it, I said, look, mate, just put two slots in your diary because I've got to chat the fuck out of you. I was, like, going on. I was more or less the moment he came in. Right, mate, I need to know everything about trees. <laughs> I am Britain's top journalist. I can send this an assignment. I just fucking bombarded the cunt with tree questions that had nothing to do with my tree. But brilliantly, he didn't give a fuck. He loved it, right? He told me loads of shit. Turns turns out there was two trees, not one, right, in the corner of my garden that had sort of merged together like they were fucking, right? Which I said that. I said it's like they're having it off. And he confirmed that basically they were. He went... Yeah, they are. Yeah, that's watch. A, now, look at it. Look at them. And you wonder why I went into the tree business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now it fucking makes sense. I get to see shit like this every day. Yeah, I call myself a tree surgeon, but me and the other lads on the quiet, we call ourselves tree pornographers. <laughs> that's what it is. I could take a picture of that now. That's a good couple of fucking trees you got there. Uh, I could upload a picture of that onto the internet, onto the dark web. But the dark web. I could make myself. <laughs> few grand but within the next few hours i'm not gonna because it's your tree and i don't feel like i've got the right but i could and if you had any sense you'd do the same if but you wouldn't know where to start would you you fucking amateur <laughs> yeah you're a tree amateur <laughs> i smelt that on the on got- your, the moment you came in you didn't even know what sort of tree it was which i didn't on the phone they said what sort of tree is it and i was going i don't know, uh, I don't know. and they go i could hear them sigh <laughs> but the thing is, it's, it's because it's they, a very tall one. It's tall. It has leaves. It's not a conker tree. That's the only tree I know. <laughs> it's not. A, it's not what I'd call a climbing tree either. It's slightly weak. I'll tell you all the you've trees. Got, you've t- got. I know it definitely isn't <laughs> palm tree. You've got. Mm. T- <laughs> got a tree. You've got under two minutes left. Yeah. Well, okay, basically, I won't. I won't go through all the details. It was an ash tree. He told me that ash trees would be dead and gone forever within 20 years. He said that... Fuck in the, off. Yeah, he said it's true. He said they're all dying already on the continent. It's starting oh, to come. happen now in the southeast and southwest, like right in the southeast and southwest of England, right? And by within... He goes, within five to ten years, it would have reached London and all of the ash, tra- ash trees in London will be gone. And he goes, and by 20 years, the whole country, there'll be none of them. Or horse chestnut trees. I went, fuck off. He went, I, I wouldn't lie. He went, yeah, well, I said it for me. I'm not going to fucking lie to you. Right. And I said, well, why? And he went, it's global warming. He went, and people think that this shit really? is only happening in other countries miles away. He goes, but I see it every day. These trees are dying. There will not be horse chestnut chestnut trees. Because that's the thing that will get the public. Ash trees, people can't give a fuck about. Right. But your horse chestnut. Mm. I said, so basically... In twenty years, like say my grandchildren, they won't have, they won't play conkers. He went, they won't be conkers. It'll just be stories that your grandparents tell you. And can you imagine the Fucking kids thinking hell. it? They'll be going, "What did you do in September when you were a kid?" Well, there'd be these fucking brown things that were like brown wooden eggs, and they'd fall out of trees in green <laughs> shells, and we'd get them out of the shells, and then we'd put string in them and fucking fight with them. 
<laughs> we soak them in vinegar, put them in the oven, let them hard, yeah. and then we fight each other. We'll just fucking try and fuck smash your hell. mate's one with your it one. It was brilliant. And they'd be like, fuck off. You literally played with things that fell off of trees. Yeah, we fucking did. We turned them into weapons. There won't be any. Wow. Or ash trees. I wonder if you'll be able to buy artificial ones by then. Bucket. This is what we need to get into. Artificial conquer business. Yeah. That get in and, now. That and Calvin Phillips wigs. That's the other big commercial Calvin opportunity Phillips right wigs. now. We're going to leave it there because the football's about to recommence. Netherlands versus Ukraine as we are recording this. We leave you with the shocking news that conquers have got less than 20 years to go. Thank you for listening to Top Flight Time Machine. Good night. Don't have nightmares. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.